We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. It's your host, Hatch, with my guy. Yep, yep, T.O. is in the building. And, man, I cannot believe who we just had on the podcast today. Nope, 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 nope. We about to have him on the podcast. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got, we, we got, we, we, we got one of the greatest receivers of all time. Absolutely. Uh, coming to the show. And I'm not really, ta- I'm not talking about myself, but I arguably, you. one of the, Top three in the league. Uh, when you talk about Jerry, myself, and, and and Randy Moss, oh, and, and, and that's not in any order. Um, yeah. Man, it is it is an absolute honor and pleasure to have him coming to the show today. I tell you what, right? I've known you for twenty plus years. I've known Randy for twenty plus years, and a lot of things. Let's say a lot of relationships come and go in this NFL, but you two have been. Uh, two of my best friends over these last 20 years. And, and I guess I, I can't say I appreciate you enough. I can't, I can't appreciate Moss enough. And to have you guys come on the show and have this moment today, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> you know I, what I'm saying? That's real. That's from the bottom of my heart. I'm really excited to have you no, all. No, yeah, I know. Because you, you you had some concerns. Well, no, he had some concerns about, <laughs> you know, obviously coming on the show of, you know, and obviously he had some, you know, got some things that he wanted to ask me or whatever or get off his chest. Uh, so we're going to have this 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 open dialogue, this discussion Absolutely. with, you know, obviously two of the greatest receivers to ever played a game. Yep. And I tell you what, he's definitely going to ask you, why are you wearing sunglasses? Coming up <laughs> next on Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcast. Yep, yep. And if you want to see the video version of this, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Terrell Owens. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be the end of our first part series with NFL Hall of Famer wide receiver Randy Moss. Randy Moss, welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. What's up, my guy? What's up, bro? Man, I appreciate y'all having me, man. It's a long time coming. Hey, look, I told y'all that back when the, the pandemic hit, we wanted to do this thing. And I said, you know what? I think it would uh, be better discussion. It would be better for the viewers for mm-hmm. us to wait to mid-season so we will have a little, you know, something a little bit more to talk about, something more to discuss. 
Absolutely. Like now we're halfway yeah. through the NFL season. You've been doing ESPN, of course, uh, for this whole season. How's this pandemic kind of influenced you in the media, you know, from what a regular season would look like uh, from, from your point of view? Well, right the good now? Thing, what a good thing about me, uh, fellas, is, is me being able to travel uh, throughout the season of going to work on Sundays um, and then being able to go to the Monday night venue, wherever it, wherever it is throughout the country. So with this pandemic being able to um, stall a few few plans, uh, I've been able to be just at a remote location uh, with, with uh, Sunday and Monday countdown, man. So it's actually been a blessing in disguise uh, from, from the standpoint of, you know, traveling safely, uh, mm-hmm. keeping your mask on, uh, being not being able to not be able to be on a plane for, you know, four or five hours, needing to take the mask off for a drink or something neat. So, mm-hmm. like I say, man, I mean, the, the, the show must go on. But like I say, it's been a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Well, shoot. OK. Speaking of the pandemic, if you was playing right in today's, let's say it was 2001, right, pandemic hits and Denny Green's like, hey. You go opt out, Moss, and you go play. What would you have done during the pandemic if it would have hit when you was playing? Well, mm-hmm. uh, to be to, to be honest with you, Hatch, I would really have to be a little bit more educated mm-hmm. on this corona, uh, the COVID-19, uh, because one thing that I'll say, and I'm talking, you know, just from a past player to player, um, you know, the players that opted out, you know, I think their decisions that they made was, you know, a family decision. It didn't really have mm-hmm. to make, it wasn't really based on them as the individual. And now mm-hmm. that they sit back, you know, week nine, week 10, and seeing that the guys are still playing, they're still going out there to compete, their teammates, their brothers are having fun. It's kind of like some guys maybe wish they would have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sit there and, and, and re and reevaluated the, the process. But, I think for me, it would have to be for me to be a little bit more educated uh, up on the COVID uh, for me able, for me to be able to make a hard decision like it. I mean, you love the game. T.O., I know you love the game. I love the game. So for us to be able to make or me to make a decision like that, man, that will be a hard decision to make. But like I said, I would have to be educated and be brought up to speed about mm-hmm. the, the pros and cons of, uh, of the COVID. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So in 1998, of course, you were the first round pick of the Minnesota Vikings, right? But let's let's take it back a little bit further. So that would be your decision if you was in the league. But what if you was go be that first rounder coming out of college? Would you had played that third year in college, or would you had also set that out in order to get ready for the NFL draft? I mean, Hatch, when when you look at you know where I'm from, man, and kind of like the the, the 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 football was kind of like the only way out man mm-hmm. so the love that I have for the game man I'm very passionate about the game and for me to for you to just tell me that that my brothers are out there playing ball and I got to make a decision if I want to play or not that, that that's a hard decision to make right man. so like like I said it's just more of being brought up to speed, and I and I understand why why some of the guys you know opted out because you know a lot of guys in there starting families maybe at a young age and just being able to see their loved ones not go through what they've seen on social media or what they've seen on the news. So I understand the 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 opt out by players, but for me as an individual, you asking me the question, Hatch, it would be very hard for me 
to 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 sit down and 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 not play knowing that my other brothers are out there on the field playing and I'm not. That'll be hard for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think in the last couple of months, I think sports has looked good from a, a visual point of view. Again, NBA, the the uh, whole playoffs went through without you know really any hitches in big games, didn't lose any star at you know star players. It looks like the when you sit back and watch an NFL game, it looks like a regular game because you have the crowd noise, you can see it. Um, but again, so going into this playoff run, right? Do you think that again, does anybody have a disadvantage or advantage during this whole COVID scenario right There's now? There's no there when you look at this season and you know, it's kind of like you take it back to when we play guys where you think about some of the most hostile stadiums that you mm. played in. You think about Kansas City, Green Bay, Green Bay, <laughs> New Orleans. You yeah. think about when that crowd get loud and and and, and you can barely hear basically just looking at the quarterback and, and the ball being snapped. Those guys don't have that advantage. So mm-hmm. I think that if you're talking, the only advantage that I see for this year's playoff is the first round by. I don't mm. really see a, a team, you know, being able to win their division to say they got a home game. I, that's not that's not no edge. That's not no advantage. I think that some of the stadiums you may go to that they are going to have some fans and, like I said, those those are the fans that you know you rely on the fans. Just think how many times we're on the sideline waving that white towel or pumping mm-hmm. our fist and waving our hands in the air to try to get the the crowd hyped up for our defense. So, like I said, some teams don't have that, and that that the 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 fans or the people on the outside looking in don't really look at that as using that as a tool. But the but having your crowd behind you is a tool to have, and and this year some teams don't have that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think what you're alluding to, especially if you look at the blueprint of what the NBA did uh, there in the bubble, uh, you think about there was really no no advantage. You know, you had home teams, they changed the floors, but they right, changed the matter. home team's floor. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and there was really no home, no home court, no home field advantage. And so uh, you think about uh, football and now we're like past midseason, um, can you give us a sense? Because you, like you said, you guys have been limited with travel. Um, a lot of the commentators and what have you. Can you give us a sense in the the, the everybody that's listening uh, of what it's like in the stadium? Because you know, obviously, you know they. I think from the beginning of the season now to like midway, I think they have started to kind of pump some crowd noise in there to kind of help with with the mm-hmm. audio part and and just from a, a optic standpoint. Um, when guy when, when fans are, are obviously watching the game and they're not in the stadium, can you give us a sense of what it's like in the stadium with it not being full uh, to capacity? Well, let's take it to our position, fellas. Let's 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 just take it strictly to our position. If we're out there at wide receiver, and I don't care where you are on the field, just say we're out in the field and we're at a, when we're on the road, and that crowd gets loud. Mm-hmm. That that means if we're in a two minute drill, a hurry up situation, you know, I call them gang signs, but you know, the sign language, you know, the sign language, yeah, all that, yeah, all that. So with all that that we were used to or accustomed to, with having the crowd noise in there, you know, you either got to look at the ball or you have to get the signal from the quarterback. Now mm-hmm. that you don't have that crowd noise or the crowd noise is limited in there, man, the quarterback can just look out there and yell, hey, run a bang eight. You know, mm, I mean, right. not, not, <laughs> as simple, 
Not yeah. as simple as running the bang gate, but just say the, the play is called Charlie. For mm-hmm. him to just look out there and yell at you, Charlie, okay, you know what Charlie is, let's rock and roll. Where if that crowd noise was out there, you would have to either get the, the signal from his hands or you'd have to lip read Charlie. So, mm-hmm. so I think that is one advantage that a lot of offenses are not used to having. And mm-hmm. now that they can communicate out there on the field, that 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 helps a team play a little faster, get the play calling in, go up to the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, you know, yell the play out to the right, yell the play out to the left. So I think the communication uh, is, is, is it has an advantage uh, to the offense, knowing that you don't have that crowd noise yeah. like well, that. Well, Randy, I got I got to correct you because you said you know the position that we were in. He wasn't on the field. He whoa, whoa, the whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, this is this is what we – give hey, me a 20. Yo, the sideline. I don't know what you're talking about. See what I'm saying? Hey, 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 Mossy, see what I got to deal with? <laughs> I'm trying, no, hold on, hold on. You want to get – Let me get him, Hatch. Let me get him. Hold on, T.O., let me get one. So, it is, it is my rookie year. Mm-hmm. We're in Sunday night football. We got Mark Brunell, we got mm-hmm. Mark Brunell, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith, and yeah. them boys coming into the Metrodome. Keenan McCardle, right. all of them. Yep. All right. CC Hurt. Mm-hmm. I think Jake Hurt. Jake was down. I think uh, Robert Smith might Robert might Smith was out. So it was me, Hatch, Walsh, Leroy Hort. Yep. And I want to say Randall at the quarterback. Dog, what you do that game, homeboy? You hey, I, I know, I know we beat them boys 52 to 7 or something like did that. Did you get in the box? Did, did you get you know what? I had about seven, eight catches. I was I don't know if I scored that game, but I was <laughs> I was on the field, I was bowling, I was killing the cover two cover. I did everything that day. You know what I mean? And and here's what I be telling T. All you know, T. Always talking about the 49ers when they came to town. I go, they wasn't focused because you know we had Jerry Rice on the show and JJ Stokes. We got the I got to hear that 49er talk, but we was the best receiving core ever in the NFL, right? No, you know, no, you were ev- not. ever. And number no, one, we have the no, we have the stats not. to prove it. No, you were not. <laughs> number no, two. Number two, no, when we not. went head to head, I t- hey, what what was that? Uh, when Jeff George started that game, when the when the 49ers came to the dome, what I hit him with, Mossy? How 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 long was that touchdown to Jeff George joint? Was it eighty? Did I go it eighty? Was about, no, no, yeah, I think it was it on um Darnell Walker. Darnell right? Walker, I went yeah, yeah, eighty yeah. yards. I remember on- D. Walt. Yeah, yeah hold on. I thought T.O. said you was warm in the bench, bro. You, you see what I'm saying? You okay. see what I'm saying? So, Man. hey. hey that, was he, one, that was one. How many games you played? That was like, what, one? One I out said, of like 89 <laughs> games? I'm, I okay. didn't, hey, you know what? I didn't play 80-something games, I don't hey, think. So, but, so, so let me <laughs> – hey, real quick, don't mean to cut you off, but, hey, now that we're talking football, I, I, I do I do have a real legitimate question, and, I, and, and it's not – and I don't mean it as a joke. I know T.O. when you came into the dome, I remember we how hard RDB studied for you guys, mainly you. And I remember going to the scout team that week and and my coach, remember Hubbard Alexander? Um mm-hmm. no, it wasn't Hub, it was Charlie. No, Charlie, uh, Charlie, Charlie Cobb. I think it was Sherman. Oh, Charlie Baggett. Charlie okay, Baggett. So he said, Hey man, you need to rest. Uh, you need to rest for the rest of the week. 
And, uh, man, we don't want you tired before the game. So I said, look, man, we got my the defense got T.O. this week, man. I want to give I want to give the boys a good look out there. Mm-hmm. So I remember y'all came into the dome, T.O., and, you know, the day didn't go so well for you. And, and um, you know, you got in the, you got in the dispute with your coach over there. Bruh, right. I'm, I know I'm on your podcast and I always wonder to this day, because from a competitive standpoint, I never took it personal that, OK, T.O. did this or T.O. didn't do this or I did this or I didn't do that. Right. I never took it personal as if like, ooh, he had a better day than me or ooh, I had a better day mm-hmm. than him. I always wanted to compete against you, knowing, uh, similar to what we saw in Diggs and, and Hopkins the other night. You know what I'm right. saying? So right. I want you to, can you talk to me and take me through, you know, that game and the 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 little dispute with you and the coach? Because, right. I, because I think that, I think that game for you, T.O., or for me, uh, it, it went the wrong way because of what people saw on the sideline between you and your coach. Right. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is, but I took it as if you wanted to have a good day. You seen, what we were, we, you seen what we were out there doing. You seen what our offense was out there doing, the production right. that the offense, mainly myself, was doing. And, and you wanted to produce and have a good day yourself. Am, am I wrong by saying that? You're 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 exactly and you're absolutely right. And so that's what, again, I uh, I see that that clip has come up a, a, a few times when people have obviously, like I said, even I guess, you know, uh, when I was nominated for the Hall of Fame and there was all these things that were coming up and coming out as to why I shouldn't have or why I shouldn't have been a first round. I mean, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then the second year came around. It was like these type of uh, incidents that start coming up as to why they felt like I shouldn't uh, be in the Hall of Fame. Um, so again, that one, that clip, that highlight always surfaced. And so you're exactly right when you said that it wasn't, you're right, I, it wasn't anything personal uh, against you because what we were doing during the course of the week, I knew that I was kind of like what you were for your team, that's who I was for my team. And so I was frustrated at the fact that I, I bust my ass every day of practice because I knew the importance of myself and what I when I got my hands on the ball, I knew what I did to my team and so for my team. So for me, the frustration lied with the fact that I was running open routes or whatever. The ball was behind me. It was low, whatever the case may be. And I'm watching from afar. And again, yeah, I mean, being in that stadium and, and watching you get off on our team or what have you, it was just like, okay. I can do the same thing if right. I'm given the opportunity, you know right. what I mean? And I get the ball in my hand. So it was frustrating for me because throughout the course of my career, and obviously that week I knew it was a big week. And obviously, like I said, Monday night, whatever. I don't know if it was Was Sunday that our night, first whatever. meeting? Was that our yeah, first I think it. Yeah, I think it was one of those uh, first time, like, yeah, it, it was Randy Moss, T.O. Yeah, right. Jerry, yeah. It yeah. Was, Right. It was one of those things where we were we were highlighting the week that the course of the week, everybody was looking forward to the matchup. And so, again, to me, to sit on the sideline and just watch you just run through our, run through our <laughs> defense like, like knife through, like a hot knife through butter. I was hot as fish grease. So I'm like, wow. yo, I'm like, yo, get me the ball so I'm I can like, go do that to their team. Right. And so yeah. that's where the frustration lies again. As as a competitor, yeah, I, I never really compared myself 
you know, as I said, I, I was very aware of some of the things that you were doing. Like, yeah, at that particular time, bro, we were like the hottest things, you know, since sliced bread. So obviously, right. you know, you had that we had these veteran guys on your team. You had Chris, Chris. Carter, Jake Reed on my team. I had Jerry Rice, you know what I mean, and some other guys. So I I learned and started to become a better receiver as as seasons progressed for me. Right. But like I said, I was never on your level when you came into the league. My first three or four years, I I I, I could have never done what you did because you came, like I said, coming from Marshall. Um, obviously, like I said, you had some things that happened. You could have gone to some other schools. You ended up at Marshall, and like I said, bro, you hit you hit the league. I'm talking about by storm. I'm yeah. talking about bro. Seventeen you were, touchdowns, rookie man, of the year. It was right. It was un- It was unbelievable. So for me, I didn't. I never really compared myself. Dude, I'm just like, yo, this dude is unbelievable because for me and my skill set, I just wasn't there yet. I had a lot of developing uh, to do as far as my skill set to become the receiver that I became. And so, yeah, being on that sideline, like I said, knowing at that particular time what I meant to my team, like I said, you know, having, you know, I think Jerry Rice, I think, uh, was he still on the team at that time? Yeah, Jerry was there. Yeah, Jerry but was. it was, but it was just the fact that I could not, like, bro, I could not, they could not get me the ball. I'm running open. And it was just frustrating as all get out. And so, you know, I, at that at that point in time, I'm like, yeah, bro, I just I just kind of just lost it to a point of like, yo, y'all need to get me the ball. I'm like, yo, I bust my ass every week. You know what I mean? We do it in practice. I'm open. And then the fact is like, yo, this guy needs to be held accountable for the way he's playing. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like I said, at the end of the day, I'm, I, I practice throughout the course of the week. I'm doing what I do. I'm open, and then if I can't get the ball, then we're—it was a disaster. Like, hey, I, so you know, you know how you felt like watching Randy go catch the ball and have a good game, and it like inside it was like it was burning that for you to go out there and compete and do your thing. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, <laughs> hey, I was like, hey, I know Moss is going to do his thing, and I know Chris Carr doing that thing, but coach, if you just give me the opportunity, I'm going to do my thing too. So I feel you there, T. I feel you. Yeah, no, but so, man, <laughs> yeah, but, but I, no. I hope that uh, that answered your question. Like I said, it, it had nothing really to do with you. It was more so of what we weren't doing, you know, based on, yeah. like I said, you know, how I prepared for the game. Um, and as you said, it's, it's funny that, you know, you, you had that more of a, uh, that leadership role and more involved with your team to the fact that like, yeah, you, you went to the scout team and prepared them, you know, um, you know, for me. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, uh, bro, I just wanted to, like I said, I just wanted to be productive. I just wanted to just at least make it a, make it a game. You know what I mean? Well, right. let, let me ask, let me ask both of you guys this, cause this is something I, I, I definitely see you doing this because it comes from your question, uh, Randy. So if you guys are watching a Sunday night game, Monday night, you know, like say we played that day and you go watch each other that night. When the commentator says, okay, the T.O. makes a play or Randy, you makes a play. Then, then John Mad would say, man, he's definitely the best wide receiver in our game. What did that do at that moment? Because personally, I think T.O., you would turn the TV off and you would go work out. That's the way I would see you if <laughs> if they said that about Moss on Sunday night. But did you you guys hear that about each other like in that moment? No, T.O., you first because I got a good one for you. Go ahead. <laughs> oh. No, I mean, bro, I, I and, and and Hatch has heard this several times, and we've had people on the show. 
and 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 how I've described described it is that I was a realist. I realized, bro, I wasn't as good as I needed to be or I wanted to be at that particular time. Uh, as I just uh, alluded to, Randy came into the league. Like I said, he was groomed. He was already, you know, ready to, you know, go go up top and like he just took the lead by storm. I hadn't reached that level yet. So, yeah, so for me uh, to hear a commentator say, yeah, you know, he's one of the best in the game, I just took it as, as a sign of respect. I didn't, like I said, I didn't, I, it didn't inspire me to do anything more than what I was already doing. Like I said, in my eyes, I'm playing with one of the greatest receivers of, of all time in Jerry Rice. That's, that's, that's my opinion. Because, like I said, at this point in time, you know, Jerry, he's won Super Bowls. Uh, records galore played with you know two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Joe Montana and Steve Young and so I was just basically just trying to become the receiver have the receiver that he was at that particular time so you know when John Madden like I said was giving you know Randy praise or when he watched games and he was giving me praise that only honestly it inspired me more I only like I said I when I took it uh, I took that into the offseason you know, because like I said, I wanted to get better every year. So I took, you know, whatever, you know, I heard or I saw Randy do or whatever. Or I saw Jerry. I took that into the offseason because I tried to I tried to elevate my game and enhance my game every year. And that's why the trajectory of, of where I was once I got a personal trainer after year three, um, that was like ninety nine. Um, that was the year after I made the, the catch against Green Bay. You, you, you saw a, a, an increase of trajectory uh, in my performance once I got a personal trainer. So, you know, Randy, uh, Jerry, guys like that, they, they only inspired me. It wasn't, like I said, there was no jealousy, and I've said it all along. I was the realist because I realized I wasn't as good as these guys mm-hmm. and you guys were at that particular time. So I was just basically just trying to get on that level. Mm. Well, <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's great to hear and, I, and, 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 and see – my, from my personal opinion, I was always fueled guys by not just T.O. I was fueled by the guys in the league. You know, if I hear, you know, a commentator like John Madden, you know, the mm-hmm. best, sitting there listening to him and he says that Terrell Owens or Marvin Harrison or Eric Moulds, you know, this guy could be the arguably the best player in the league. Then I mm-hmm. sit here and wonder each and every week, well, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Mm. Or what am I not doing for him to put me in that or to mention my name in that in that right. sentence? So I was always fueled by the other guys, but I'll take you to one where in Dallas, you know, I was with the Patriots. T.O., you were with the uh, the Cowboys and um, you had four one day. And so I re- you remember the four you had one day. And so <laughs> four of we, them. Oof. We, we, we played against uh, that was against the, uh, the Washington Redskins. Boy, I was oh. in ham. Could have had, could have had, dude, that's so crazy. I could have had more than that, bro. Could have had more than that. Went ham on no cats. So, so the day, so the day he has four, you know, we have the Sunday night game. We have the Sunday night football game. So when the, when the scores and the highlights and the statistics come up on the board, all I see is Ter- Terrell Lowen's four touchdowns. I said, ooh. Four, four of them ooh. things. <laughs> so this is a true story. So as I'm getting ready by the locker, Tom comes and sits down. And I said, hey, Tom, mm. said, you see that T.O. had four today? <laughs> um, Tom told me, he said, yeah, don't worry. That's all he told me. Oh, okay. 
That's all I told you. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. So, T.O., hats, with all, with, with that, with that, with them couple little words, yeah, don't worry. I didn't know what that meant. Right. So, we come out, we come out, and um, it wasn't, it wasn't like, it was like I was rubbing it in. It was like, okay, he got four. Okay, mm-hmm. he got four and four quarter, uh, four quarters. Mm-hmm. I got four and two half. Here, T.O., you top this. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, nice. That, that, was, that, was, that was more of the, the competitive juices. Right, right. That when I looked at the statistics on, on the screen, I said, okay, he had a great day. He had two, he had three, he had four, he had 150 yards. No matter who the defense, I could have been going up against Ray and, the, and McAllister and the Ravens. It wasn't going to matter. I didn't care. <laughs> All I wanted to do was either get close to his numbers or whoever the high point man was that week. It could have right. been Oates. It could have been Harrison. But mm-hmm. the time that me and T.O. were at the top of our games and putting up these, these crazy numbers each week, all mm-hmm. I ever wanted to do was just, just stay the course. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get 130, okay, I want 120 or 140, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But, like, when, when I look at, like, and I'll ask, and I'll get into the why we didn't did, do the football camp later, but I just yeah. thought that when you have two of the hottest wide receivers in the history of the game playing at the same time and going back and forth each week, I thought that was one of the greatest things that, that I, I thought the league needed that. Absolutely. I, I thought the National Football League needed Absolutely. that. But but through our course, T.O., or our time of getting to the top, of getting to greatness, I think that both of our competitive juices and competitive edges got in the way because of, you know, you can go with the media reports, you can go with the media of, of how they ridicule the, the, both of us. But really, in all honesty, I can tell you that it was genuinely out of love and just wanting to compete each and every week to go against guys like yourself and and, and mm-hmm. the Harrisons and the Modes and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I just always wondered when it came down to the end of, you know, of us getting to the course to the end of our career, I was like, well, T.O., we, 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 we did this. We did tied. Yeah, y'all tied at the hip. And I said to myself, I said, T.O., the game need us, man. T.O., you remember the talk that, at, at, at the Kentucky Derby when me and you had a, a brief conversation. And I, and I just wanted to know, you know, I was like, man, T.O., me and you needed to get together for the sake of the wide receiver right. position. Mm-hmm. Of the position. Mm-hmm. Because you're tall. I'm tall. Of course, you're bigger than me. But you look at how when we came into the league, a big wide receiver was a, 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 a hot anomaly. Commodity. Yeah, it was an anomaly at the time. All of a sudden, Steve Smith comes. Marvin Harrison is still playing at a high level. So then the big receivers kind of, as they would say, went out of style. And then all of a sudden, T.O., they come back. So mm, right. I think I think for my question, T.O., like why come – I mean, it was it time or what? Of why why we could never come together to put together an annual camp? Because you said it with your own lips. You said, "Hey, the Manning brothers got theirs. Why can't we do ours?" And I was like, "Dang, T.O., for us to put a wide receiver camp together each and every year annually, invite some of the top guys." Be I epic. said, "T.O., we could we could be sitting up here doing some good for the game 
and at the same time, man, making a lot of money in our sleep. But why did that never happen, bro? Talk to me, T.O. Oh, man. I, 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 have, I have no idea, but I, I do remember around the time that we had that discussion because that was around like 06, 07, because I was living, uh, I was in, I was living in Miami and in Florida at the time. And so I, I remember that discussion. We had, a, we had, a, we had to talk at the uh, Derby and then we got on the phone and then we had some preliminary talks about doing a, a, a like a wide receiver, like fantasy camp or something along those lines. And like I said, it just never really got off the ground. Um, but that's not to say that we still can't do it because I think, you know, we have we still have something to offer, you know, to a lot of these kids. Because, you know, you think about the receivers now, I think what what enabled us to do what we did. You think about the numbers, the statistics. It was the longevity. You think about the guys that are playing the game now. I don't think, you know, our, our, our numbers won't, they're, they'll flirt with them, but they, they, they're not going to reach them because of the longevity. They don't know how to take care of their bodies. Um, that's something I think we brought to the game. And you think right. about the number of years that you played, the number of years that I played, I honestly wouldn't have been able to put up the numbers that I did if it wasn't for me taking care of my body and things of that nature. So, again, like I said, your question about why, I, I have no idea. Like, you, you know what? Like I can a- I can almost <laughs> – I can answer that probably better than T because I, be- I know T better than he knows himself. But <laughs> T, T doesn't love football like Randy does. It's like you, got, you, guys, uh, you guys have a to- – again, both of y'all have been, you know, right. very close friends for 20-plus years of mine. So – it's funny, you guys are so similar, but when you're not similar, you guys are total opposites. Right, you know, yeah. because again, Randy, you know, Randy will sit there on a day and he'll watch three college football games in a row, sometimes four. I t- I hit T, hey, you see the game? Now, what game? He, he, don't, <laughs> he, he don't even know that Clemson played Alabama on a certain right, yeah. day. It, you know, right. certain games he'll go to, but like, it's funny yeah. how you guys are just total opposites. And I remember I was telling yeah. you, I was doing an interview once, and I was just like, on the field, right, you have this boisterous, um, you know, character. And then off the field, you have a subdued and quiet. That's T.O. Yeah. Moss is quiet on the field, but off the field, Randy's a little chatterbox. Yeah, I'm you a little wild. I'm, little you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you guys, again, where you guys are similar is really, you know, in football. And again, I want to tell, tell the fans, like I said, on the Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast here with Randy Moss, we're talking about these numbers between T.O. and Randy Moss are so similar. Receiving touchdowns, right? Moss, you had 156. T.O., you had 153. Receiving yards, you had 1,592. Moss to T.O.'s 15,934. Um, you know, receptions, <clears throat> 1,078 to 982. Like, that is, that's almost close as the election was. You know what I'm saying? But right. when it comes to stuff off the field, and you guys are just, you guys really go the opposite way. But like said, T.O. said, you know, it ain't too late. We might be able to get a, a camp or something, you know, right. over these next couple of years. Because you yeah. guys being your career paths, again, that 02 to about 08, 09, there was, that was like watching the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, the Jordan versus the Pistons. That's what it was like watching. Unfortunately, right. we didn't have social media back then. And you I'm know, glad. I, I th- <laughs> besides, I'm glad. Moss, you would have went to jail and uh, T- <laughs> and T.O. would have been a hooker. I guarantee it. So, <laughs> But if you guys would have had social media, I think you guys would have been more like uh, D. Hopkins and Julio Jones because you guys would have been going back and forth. You guys would have had a relationship 
via Twitter and social media saying, like you said, Moss, hey, I got you today. And then T.O. would have right. came back, well, I'm going, you know, but I'm going, I'm, I got four. And you would have came back, right. well, I, you know what I'm saying? But you guys right, didn't right, have right. that opportunity. Right. Because, you know, and you know how the seasons are for players. Like, you know, we leave that stadium. We go home, we're with our loved ones. That's we're it. not really going to contact the other person. But right. in today's world, that soon as you'll be watching the game, it's three minutes after the game, and you'll see a player tweeting already. You know what I'm good saying? Game. Yeah, good, <laughs> game. good game. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. y'all's relationship would have been so uh, would have been a, a definitely something for the world to watch evolve if social media was available in today's game for you for you two especially. Yeah, and I think just to I guess piggyback on what uh, has said, I think what you Randy, what you don't know about me is that I never really. I never thought I would play beyond the collegiate level. Obviously, we played in the Southern Conference, um, but I never thought I would play beyond the collegiate level. And, so, and, that, and just, ladies and gentlemen, that's the Southern Conference, not the Southeast Conference. That's not the SEC. Yeah, no, it's the <laughs> SEC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. So, yeah, so my, uh, again, like I said, my love for football, It I just didn't have that love and affection for football. Like I said, I'm not going to sit around and watch games you know, all day, like even now, even over the years, I mean, I don't even really watch football like that unless, like I said, it's a particular game or like I said, I'll, I'll catch some highlights or what have you, or I have guys, you know, like Julio Jones and like D-Hop, you know, um, I'll catch some of those highlights or what have you, but like even D-Hop over the weekend, I mean, I was out of the country, but I didn't even really pay attention to what was going on because I had people texting me like, yo, did you see that catch? And to Hatch's point, I hit, I said, what catch? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, then, and, and me, me and Moss was on Twitter going like, going off. Going off. Going right. Off. So somebody asked me that. I'm like, what? I'm like, what catch? Yeah. And then, bro, I had to literally, I had to go find uh, on Instagram, uh, go ask somebody what the, what the, what the hoopla was about or what have you. But yeah, that's just me. I've never really had that love for football like that, but I was competitive. When you talk about competitive juices, that's what drove me. That's what inspired me, uh, when I, when I played or when we played. So, you know, for you, Randy, like I said, bro, like you were so dynamic. Like I said, I just, I wasn't on your level. You know what I mean? And as the season progressed, I wasn't one of those guys that understand. I didn't keep up with stats. I mean, yeah, if I'm watching TV and it crossed the ticker or whatever, you know, right. you see the games being played throughout the course of the day. You see the win, you see the wins, you start seeing the quarterback statistics, what, you know, what they threw for interception. Then obviously, you know, obviously the receivers, they come through. You always see what they've done throughout the course right. of the day. I just mm -hmm. saw it and I'm like, okay, I see what he did, but, it didn't really drive me. Like I said, I never would have never, I didn't go to jail for Steve Young or any of my quarterback. I'm like, yo, did you see what Randy did? So that was funny that you went to Tom and then Tom was like, I wish I had a quarterback like that. Mm -hmm. I honestly did. If I had, again, if I had some quarterbacks with that type of drive, but they just wasn't, they weren't wired like me. You know what I mean? So it was everything that I did. Trust me, I owe it all to my receiver coaches. Bro, they're the ones that inspired me to do the things that I did, and they pushed me, and then they molded me, and they groomed me to become the receiver that I did. So, man, it, like I said, it was a blessing. Honestly, just like I said, every team that I went to, from San Fran to Philly uh, to Dallas, like I said, it wasn't really about what you guys did. It was more about what I could do and my focus on what I could do for my team. But like I said, if it put me in a position to, like I said, you know, have you uh, step your game up every week, then, hey, we all motivated each other. And we, right. we inspired each other from afar. But like I said, I saw it. But like I said, it wasn't one of those things like, okay, 
I'm going to try to outplay. I'm going to try to outdo Randy because I knew my situation was a little bit different than yours. Like my quarterback, like I said, we had more rollout type of uh, type of game. I didn't have the type of quarterbacks that you did, like the, throw 60, 70 yards down the field. I wish I had that. I didn't get that till I got to the Philadelphia Eagles with uh with Donovan McNabb. Then I could shit. Then people saw me take the top off and shit. You know what I mean? But with you, you started, man. You were doing that from the from the jump. So I was like, man, this dude right here. Like I said, it was nothing but love. It was nothing but respect. All I could do is just handle what I could handle and right. work with the quarterbacks that I that I worked with. But like I said, you had guys. You you had Jeff George. I mean, you had all these guys, Dante Culpepper, yeah. bro. I mean, it was it was obvious. Like I said, it was it was not a weekend that I didn't expect to see you go over top or just mossing people every weekend. That was to be expected. So what? So so you think you? So how many quarterbacks? Just not not counting on your finger. You think you've had over 20, 20 different quarterbacks in your oh, career, right? For, yeah, at least at least twenty. And what, and what and what letter grade, not individually, out of all the quarterbacks that you have, if you put all of their letter grades together, what letter grade do you think you would come up with? Mm, uh, C, with my, C plus, C plus, B minus. I, I say a B B plus. I only played, like I said, I only played a few years with Steve Young, That's so Steve I didn't Young. really get to really develop and become like I didn't ever really get to play with him. Like Jerry got to play with him, and Jerry got to play with with uh, Joe Montana. Right. Um, like I said, had I had a consistent quarterback, like you think about what Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison was doing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. what you and Dante Kelpepper, I mean, I don't know how many years you guys played together, but. You guys thought it was like you guys were joining at the hit. It was like string music. It was like you guys were in sync. Like it was always that connection. So for me, I played with Steve Young, Jeff Garcia, Tim Rattay, uh Yeah, Romo. I, yeah, Romo. Man, <clears throat> man, what type yeah, of connection I, and what type of connection off the field did you have with your quarterback, T.O.? Oh, that no, no, we we really didn't have. I didn't I never really had that. So That's no dinners, no dinners, <clears throat> no Coming over to the house, no hanging. Nope, never. Was that, was that was that was that you? Was that them? Was it mutual? What What do you think? No, it was? I, no I I can't really say that anybody's at fault. It was just it just wasn't one of those things that again that we did. And I know, like I said, that that's 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 something that sometimes uh, you know that develops the chemistry, the camaraderie. Right. Uh, right. But yeah, but that's something like I said, we I never did. Um, it, you know, I, everybody kind of just went, you know, went their separate ways and did their own thing. Um, I mean, had they invited me, um, I'm pretty sure I probably would have been receptive to it, but that was nothing, um, that either one of us, uh, initiated. I just never really had that, that rapport, uh, to, 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 to really have, um, any type of communication beyond, uh, beyond the facilities you know, to be Bro. honest like yeah we went to team team functions and things of that nature but we talk about like yeah dinners or you know thanksgiving or holiday you know christmas holidays and things of that so nature. if you had if you had one of your parties would you invite those quarterbacks to those parties oh yeah i mean and they they in- probably they didn't show up or something oh when i was in philly bro like i mean when i was in philly i threw parties i invited everybody Man, I had I had Coy did, Detmer. Did, did Donovan show up? Oh to no, the party? you and McNabb didn't connect in Philly, bro. Yeah, no, 
And Philly, that was probably like the first time like I had uh, had a quarterback really just you know interacting and and, and, okay. and really had yeah. So okay. in Philly, I had I threw parties like the defense was there. I had the backup qu- quarterback there, Coy, <laughs> all those guys. Man, we had bro. I had I had bought this big ass house, and 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 I had a basement. Yep. And I decorated it, everything, and I called it the lounge. I had this fluorescent thing made with a little martini <laughs> glass. And I, I it starts in your mind, gold mouth. Oh. It starts in your mind. <laughs> boom, boom, room. What you that the boom, boom? <laughs> hey, going downstairs, man. I'm telling you, I had the, the I had it lit up. It was called the lounge. Man, every Monday, Tuesday night, we had Monday night football or whatever. Obviously, we had Tuesdays off. Man, I had people coming over. That like that was the thing. That was the thing. I I I started that. I initiated that because even when I was in San Francisco, I mean, I had I had get-togethers and parties and or what have you, but it wasn't like any of the quarterbacks, you know, came through or what have you. Um, I had like some of the running backs, DBs. I even had guys from Oakland, some of the Oakland Raiders. They were coming coming down from Oakland because they knew yeah. they heard about my parties. Okay, so it wasn't like I said, it wasn't one of those things where it was. Um, uh, I I was trying to develop some some chemistry or rapport with the quarterbacks again. Like, they were doing their own thing or what have you. But when I went to Philly, man. I had parties. It was fun. Uh, Donovan was coming. What over year was that? What year uh, was that? Oh, oh four. Oh, no. Oh, what oh, year? What year was it for your career that you went to Philly? What year in your career? Oh, year nine. Year nine. Okay, so so Tio in year nine, the prior eight years, you felt that year nine was the was the year that you really felt. Well, the reason why I'm asking that because. I, I say this time and time again, I always wanted to feel like I was a part of a team. And mm-hmm. I've been on some good teams, hats. We went, you know, 15 and one, but I was a rookie. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't a leader of the team. I didn't go out for the coin toss. I didn't feel a part of the team. I just made plays for that team. Mm-hmm. So I never felt like I was a part of a team until I went to New England, T.O., and oh, wow. where you got my back, I got your back. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and that's why I'm asking this question, because just to hear you say that regardless of your quarterbacks and the players that you had, offensive defense, you saying that you went into year nine where you threw parties, the guys was receptive, everything was cool. Was that your first Super Bowl appearance? Uh, yeah, that was mm-hmm. my yep. That was my first Super Bowl appearance. And again, like I said, I when I was in San Francisco, I threw some get togethers and parties and things of that nature. And I had guys come through or what have you. Uh, but yeah, when you uh, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, about, you know, feeling a part of a team where guys felt like, you know, they had each other's back. Um, honestly, I, that's that's in a sense um, when we played, um, I felt that, that was the case. But then there were some things that transpired you know, off the field or outside of football where I didn't feel like uh, guys had my back. And obviously, you know, Donovan and I, and I we had that riff or what have you, um, where he supported, you know, some teammates, uh, you know, publicly um, in regards to contractual st- uh, things uh, uh, such as that. And then when it came to me, 
um, when we were leading up to the Super Bowl and there were questions asked uh, uh, of him about me was, you know, whether I was going to play uh, this, that, and the other. And he made some little, you know, kind of like little snide remarks was that, you know, you know, we, you know, we don't need T.O. To, 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 to win the Super Bowl, things of sure. that nature. I, that's, that's what got me and rubbed me the wrong way when as a, as a quarterback and leader and captain of the team, uh, especially for someone of his caliber, I felt like he could have articulated or addressed the media in, in a way that didn't really come off so sideways. And so um, I, I never really felt like he had my back um, when we were on the field. Um, there are some times, like I said, you know, uh, I felt like I didn't get the ball thrown to me um, because he had control of the ball. And there were times uh, during the course of the game where I had plays drawn up for me and I'm wide open and I didn't get the ball. And I go back to the sideline. I'm talking to the coach. He's looking at me side like weird. And I'm asking my coach, yo, what's going on? Like I was wide open. And I'm like, before I made any type of assumption, I'm like, yo, did he get pressured? Um, did, what, did he get out of the pocket? Did, what, That's the what first happened? thing we wonder. That's the first <laughs> what, thing we wonder. What when happened? Play, when it's your call, coach right. call your play. You've been telling me all week the ball coming to you. <laughs> then when you don't get the ball, that's the First thing as a wide receiver, we sit there and wonder, man, was he right. was he flustered? Did he get off his spot or something? But I'm with you. Right. So yeah, yeah so uh, I went. That was like I said, a particular game where that happened, and and I, that was kind of really the, the, the kind of like the downside, uh, kind of just the demise of our our relationship. When I started seeing things like that happen, and even my coach, you know, he was just like. He looked at me straight. He was like, I don't know why he didn't throw it. He was, like, he, he was like, he was in the pocket. There was the pocket was clean. He just didn't throw it. And so you know, I'm, I I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to about, again, I want the, the audience to understand from a, from a football locker room, right? There's 53 guys. Every player is not going to be best friends with every player. It's impossible, right? So you don't have 53 guys phone numbers. You might have 20 or 30. But out of that 20 or 30, you're still only going to, like I said, do the dinners and do the hanging out on a continuous basis with maybe 10 of them. And it's not that you don't like those other guys because they're right. your teammates. If they right. were going to get in a fight, you would be fighting right with them. But you right. still don't have their phone number. But you guys still don't go to dinner. But you guys are going to fight. So I just want the, the audience to understand because we're talking about I guess it's really a sensitive subject when it comes to especially for T.O.'s career because people, oh, his teammates, his teammates. If you go right. to work tomorrow, listener, and out of the 50 people you see, how many phone numbers do you have at their, at their job? It's like you guys have to take in consideration that, again, everybody out of 50 players cannot be best friends. We respect each other. We love each other. And we will fight for one another. Yep. But the reality of every single player in that locker room being best friends and telling each other, you know, their deepest, darkest secrets. It's just not how a long, reality. How long is a football game? Three, three hours, right? Three hours. At least three hours, yeah. So let me let me clear let me let me piggyback at a little bit, Hatch, about, you know, I don't I don't want the the viewers and the fans to get it misconstrued about us not being a team guy. Right. I think T I I think T.O., for what you stood for, the, the numbers that you put up, the records that you broke, uh, the highlights that you that you have, um, you know, I look at it as that you came to work every day. Mm -hmm. And my philosophy about the game of football is this. Middle school, high school, college or pros, I don't care in the pros, let's say the pros, three hours. Can we come together? 
Mm-hmm. One time out of seven days mm-hmm. for three hours to accomplish one goal. I don't care what you did Friday. I don't mm-hmm. care how much alcohol. I don't care all this. I don't care what you did. Mm-hmm. But then we come together one day out of seven days for mm-hmm. three hours to accomplish this one goal. That's why I said that the teams that I've been on, it never seemed that the 53 men that was on the roster year in and year out that, hey, so what? You got drunk. So what? You did this. So what? You did that. Mm-hmm. Hey, bro, it's game day. So yep. for whatever was going on during the week, what hats, what we got in a pushing match on Wednesday or Thursday, but now we right. can't come together on Sunday. Right. So that's what, that's what I mean by, I never really felt a part of the team because you have three or four guys over here. You have four or five guys over here. You have a group over here. So when I finally got to New England, it was kind of like, hey, Moss, we don't care where you came from. We don't care what you've accomplished, what records. Hey, bro, we only care about today and moving Mm. forward. I was like, wow, nobody has ever put it to me like that. So when they basically, when I went to New England, it was kind of like that I could let down my guard, I could breathe, I could woosah, and just get to playing football. So that's why I just always felt that, you know, we I, I never felt a part of a team. And just by hearing what, what you said, Terrell, just being able to hear, and it, it, and it seemed that. And speaking of, of the Super Bowl opportunity, I always wanted to know, man, it was a gutsy, it, it was a gutsy performance. One of the greatest that I've seen, T.O., and I'm not just blowing smoke, or I'm, uh, and I'm just giving you respect and giving credit when it's due. That was one of the gutsiest performances I've seen in the Super Bowl history of what I've been watching on the screen. And I just want you to, like, like dog, take me through the week because, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan, and, 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 and a lot of sports fans was like, uh, and I know the Eagles fans was like, oh, he's going to play, he's not going to play, he's not going to play. And all of a sudden, man, you out there with what one leg out there, bro? For a ten-yard curl? Hey, yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I, I watched some of the highlights, and uh, that was one of the things I was like, because once I started going, and I started like I started kind of you know filling things out, I was just like, shit, I'm like, I'm on half a leg, and they can't stop me. And that was he said that on camera, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And for me, man, it was uh, first and foremost. I try to tell people. They, they don't understand what the rehab process and what I went through um, just to get on the field. Uh, number one, I, I honestly, I, I, I tried to exercise my faith in God to really show people that, yo, you can do beyond what your mind and mm. anybody else tells you that, that, that you can do. And then just the, 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 the training staff that basically pushed me to the limit. Cause that, like I said, at one point in time, like I said, you know, once I got out of, out of surgery, and then I'm I'm on my way back from Baltimore because I had my surgery in Baltimore like the next day or so. And then I'm I'm driving um, I'm I'm in a in a car on my way back. I'm talking to the radio station and they asked me how the surgery went. And I'm like, yo, I said, for I know it went well or what have you. And they asked me, you know, my thoughts on possibly you know making it to the Super Bowl if we get there. And I just basically just said, yo, I said if they make it to the Super Bowl, I said, trust me, I'm gonna be ready. And I just mm-hmm. put that, you know, that's just me knowing yep. who I am. And Hold on, I was that, was that, is that how you felt, or is it over those just words to the radio station? Mm. No, 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 no. That, that's just how I was wired. Like, bro, like if you watch what I did in San Fran for eight years, and what I did up until that point um, of me getting hurt, bro, I was 
man, I felt I felt unstoppable. That that was the first time I had a capable quarterback that could obviously throw the ball down the field. Obviously, he could throw every route. His arm strength was uh, that mm-hmm, nice mm-hmm. to where I felt like I was I un, I was able to do everything that I envisioned myself doing in San Francisco. I was able to do that under the coaching staff of Andy Reid. Andy Reid is by far the best coach that I've ever played for because he's an offensive-minded type of individual. You think Love about Andy. now, you think about now what he's doing in Kansas City when he left when he left. Are Philly, you surprised? That, are you surprised? Are you surprised that he's doing that in, in Kansas? Not at all. I no, I knew I knew I, I did some interviews because people asked me how did I think that he was going to fare out in, in Kansas City. I said, yo, just watch. He, bro, he's my by far like the one of the smartest offensive kind of like gurus that I, you know, like I said, in, in, in the National Football League. For mm-hmm. me to do the things that I did in, in, in Philly, it was unbelievable. Um, these these stats I know because fans, you know, they 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 flood my my social media. Bro, I played in 21 games and I had 20 touchdowns. So bro, I was bro, I was scoring left and right. I was scoring at a high clip. So, yeah. so with me, man, I, I just, like I said, my production just basically just came from me believing in myself, knowing that, like I said, I was a third rounder, but I had to basically, like I said, I had to evolve. I had to develop myself into the receiver that I saw you guys were. You were far more groomed as a receiver, like I said, coming into the league than I was. And so I said from afar, I watched, like you said, the names that you were mentioning, um, uh, Eric Mose. Uh, Marvin Harrison, uh, Eddie Kennison, all these guys, Keyshawn Johnson, like I said, first rounders, second rounders. Um, I saw that. I just knew. I'm like, okay, for you guys to be drafted first and second round, you guys were nice. Me, I'm third round, almost fourth round, fourth round draft pick. So I knew I had to obviously work my butt off to, to get where I was. So fast forward to, to, to the Super Bowl, man, I just, like I said, I put my faith in God, number one. And I trusted everything that I had done, that process, to get ready for the Super Bowl. So those two to three weeks, um, like I said, like six and a half, seven weeks to the Super Bowl, bro, I was rehabbing basically nonstop. I would rehab basically twice a day. I would get up in the morning, get to the facility the, the whole entire day on rehabbing. Bro, the next day, I thought I was going to just like chill and just like, okay, let myself heal a little bit and then start rehabbing like a week later. Bro, they had me rehabbing the next day after surgery. Bro, wow. when the blood, like I said, like I said, the when I I had to elevate my my foot throughout the course of the night. Bro, when I had when I when I put my foot down and that blood oh, that blood come down, down woo, I know bro, that pain. That, bro, that <laughs> might have been the most excruciating pain that I didn't look forward to for the first <laughs> first the, like the first week or so. Bro, wow. that was like the most painful stuff that I've ever experienced in my entire life. Bro, I did not want to, bro, I, I hate it when the morning came because I'm like, yo, I got to put my leg down. And when that blood started rushing down to the my, my ankle, boy, might have been the most excruciating pain ever. So in the Super Bowl, man, like I said, they wanted to, the day of the Super Bowl, um, I um, I have this routine where I usually I just go, I'll take a lap around the field kind of just fill things out or what have you. So for me, going to the Super Bowl, this was a little bit different because now I have an injury. Um, I don't really know what it's going to feel like to be running around because I practiced, the first time that I practiced with the team, 
was that Wednesday leading up to the Super Bowl. That was the first time that I had practiced with the team. Everything prior to that, I was doing individual stuff with the trainers. How did Wednesday go? How did Wednesday go? That Let me tell you something. That was the first time I was with the team. We were down in Jacksonville. And for people, the fans that are listening, and that was the first time um, I had practiced with the team. And for this particular time of the year, it was unseasonably cold for Jacksonville. So it was raining. It was probably like about 60 degrees. And I was like, man. So prior to that, I'm I'm fine. I'm doing the drills. I'm doing ladder drills. I'm doing cutting, changing direction, all types of stuff. So I get on the field for the first time and it started raining. Bro, my legs started to ache like no other. It was cold. Because of the climate? <laughs> Everybody, I'm trying yeah. to play it off. And yeah. Yep. Yep. And I started limping. And so I didn't know that I was limping, but I was trying to play it off. And so after that practice, Rick Burkholder, who's the head trainer, he goes and he talks to the head coach because everybody's seeing me. All eyes are on me at practice. So Andy Reid tells uh, Rick, he's like, yo, I don't think he's going to be ready. He said, coach, he's going to be ready. He goes, I don't think he's ready. Look, did you see him out there? He's like, he was limping. And then I said, I was limping, Rick. He's like, yeah, just a little bit. But I said, yo, I said, up until that point, my leg had never hurt, no nothing. For this particular reason, I have no idea. But uh, prior to that, before I left to go to the Super Bowl, Jeremiah Trotter introduced me to this pastor, Pastor Gardner. And, bro, he's so prophetic. He basically told me, this was a week or two before I left to go to the Super Bowl. He came to my house with Trotter, and he he wanted to pray with me before I went went down. So during the during the prayer, he basically just told me, he goes, yo, he said he stopped in the middle of the prayer. And he was like, yo, he goes, T, he goes, I got to tell you, dude. he's like a spirit came over me. He goes, I got I just got to tell you what 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 what's on my heart and what God just was telling me. He goes, yo, he said something is going to create. He goes, something is going to create some doubt during the mm-hmm. course of the week when you're down mm-hmm. and uh, getting ready to practice. He said, Mm -hmm. something is going to happen that's going to creep in your mind. It's going to create some doubt that you're not going to play in that game. And Mm -hmm. he basically said, yo, he said, I don't want you to get discouraged. And he goes, yo, he gave me some words to say when that happened. So I'm like, okay, cool. Was it, was it, were the words rebuke the devil? (laughs) Yep. He was like, yo, exactly. He said, when when it happens, he said, I want you to say in your mind, I want you to say, I rebuke the the devil in the name of Jesus. That's what he said when he said, funny. And so at that point in time, I had no idea because, bro, this is in the middle of prayer that yeah. he basically stopped yeah. and he said this. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I went tripping. So fast forward to the first day that I start, uh, I practiced with the team. Lo and behold, my my dang leg started to ache. It started to hurt. That That's what he was talking about. He was like, yo. So in my mind, I'm like, yo, this is what he's talking about. So in my mind, this is what I, that's what I said. Yeah. I said that. Right. So Thursday, I practiced a little bit more. Um, so Friday, I practiced. That's basically we do nothing on Friday. And right. so this is where coaches have to uh, – they go over the injury report. They go over the guys that's going to be active or non-active. So they basically – obviously, I was a big, big topic of discussion in the meeting. And so Andy Reid basically was telling them, no, he wasn't going to allow me to play. Rick Burkholder, the trainer, he had, he basically said, he goes, T, I had to stand on the table for you and let them know that you were going to be ready to play. And so I'm like, all right, cool. He's, I said, yo, I'm going to be ready. I said, just just get me. I said, just get me right. 
I said, we got a couple more 48 hours before the game. I said, I, I said I'll be ready. And so game day, um, I go out, I run around. And so before I go out, they wanted some extra protection on my ankle. So they basically taped my ankle. Up until this point, bro, I've, since uh, I guess when I was in San Francisco, I stopped taping my ankles because during the course of the week, you don't tape your ankles. And then on right. game day, right, you tape. Right. Right. So I'm like, so I start, I stopped taping my ankles. I'm like, yo, why am I taping my ankles on game day when I go through practice throughout the course of the week and I'm fine and I don't, I don't, I don't tape my ankles. Right. So that's what I did. But in this tip, in this particular case, they wanted some extra, extra protection. So they taped my ankle up, bro. I went to go run around that field, man, my ankle, my foot was hurting so bad. I went right back into the, right back in the training room. I said, Rick, I said, I can't wear this tape, bro. I said, I can't. I said, it's, it's, I said, it's, it's hurting. So he was like, all right, cool. Took the tape off. I went back out, ran a few, uh, ran a few routes. The media, everybody, when I came back out, it was like. I remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember. Man. So I went out, bro. And then, like I said, the rest is history, man. I, I just, like I said, you know, I was so focused. Honestly, I was just focused on really, like I said, just being there for my team and just really just being productive. That's all. That was really my main focus. I was so consumed with really kind of like how I was going to play and obviously the injury that I only I only got a chance to soak up like really what was going on, the atmosphere of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I remember going out to the Super Bowl, going out on the field and just looking around because I wanted to, because like I said, this is the Super Bowl. I had, up, never, I had never been there before. And I just basically took a moment just to kind of just look around the stadium. I'm like, man, this is the Super Bowl. I've right. always watched it. I've always been, you know, uh, in the city where the Super Bowl is either being played or early in my career, I was at home, you know, getting ready to watch the Super Bowl. And I'm like, man, this is what it was like. So I tried to take that moment, you know, on the field to kind of just soak up whatever Super Bowl moments I could. And then once the game started, mm-hmm. it was just, like I said, it was just, it was just second nature. Once I saw the ball and I got it in my hands, I felt good. I remember the first play was a, a flanker drive. And I across, ran across yeah. there and yeah, he, threw it. <laughs> yeah, he threw it. And then, man, I, I turned up field. I seen I, man, it. it. Man, it was just like those juices, man. I was just like, Oh my God. I'm like, yo, I'm like, okay. I was, Cool. I'm like, okay, I, I, I caught it, I, you know, planted a little bit, ran up the field. I'm like, okay, cool. It may, you know, it might be able to do something. Yeah. And then again, eight passes after that, you know, like I said, I didn't know what I was going to finish with, but I ended up finishing with, you know, nine catches, 122 yards. And but honestly, who's I felt like, honestly, if I felt, I felt like if I had a couple more catches or opportunities, we would have won, that won game. the game. Right. Yep, because there was one particular play where um, they called all go. They called double go. And I lined up to the right uh, right side of the formation. And who I was, was on you? To, who was on you? Who I think it was a, Asante Samuel or somebody. It was or, or Re- Gay. It was the offense was the offense's right, defense left. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was Asante Samuel. I'm with you. Go ahead. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So so we called double go, and bro, I beat him so bad off the line. And when I went outside him, I got back on top. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I started to separate based on my release. And dude, when I, in my mind, in my mind, soon as I did that, soon as I got the release and he didn't get no jam on me, in my bro, in my mind, in my body, I'm like, oh shit. I was like, oh uh, shit, this is tough. Like, this, this is six. Yeah. I said, yeah. this is six. So man, so my teammates, like I said, I'm on my sideline. I'm on my sideline. 
they saw the release and I could hear them on the side of his head. They was like, oh, oh shit, they like, touch that. Dude, I looked at the periphery. Once I got beyond the defender, and let's say I started just digging a couple of yards and I kind of just peeked back, I saw him load up and throw to the other side of the field. <laughs> everybody was like, I heard, dude, I heard hey, Eric come yeah. out of everybody. And it was he was throwing to Pinkston on the left side, yeah, uh, defense right. And I'm like, yo, like it was incomplete. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So, bro, after that, That's man, funny. it was like, you know, that was like one of those opportunities I felt like had I got one or two more catches or I could have got that catch, then the outcome would have been different. But my mentality, oh. man, like I said, you know, based on my competitiveness and and I was at that injury that I had sustained, um, like I said, nobody, the doctors wouldn't, no doctors gave me an opportunity, let alone to be walking at that particular time, let alone playing in the Super Bowl um, mm. with the injury that I had. And I had to sign a waiver just to play in that Super Bowl because, wow. the, doctor, yeah. Yeah, because the doctor didn't medically clear me um, because he had never seen anything like that. Because I had to go back to Baltimore a couple of times for some visits just for a following checkup. And so when we went there, Rick basically took him all the video, showed him everything that I had been doing, running, cutting, everything. He honestly, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. And so I went in there and I had a, I had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with the doctor. And he just said, he said, what you have done, he said, it's simply, he said, it's remarkable. Uh, he said, but, you know, with my, my expertise, he said, I just, I honestly, he said, I can't, I can't medically clear you. And then I said, I said, fine. And then I told him, I said, it's all good. I said, God has already medically cleared me. And then that, that's how I, that's what I, that was my response to him. And then, Lord <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that, 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 that's what it was. Oh, so right. we went back, we went back, went back to, uh, to Philly. And then I was, like I said, you know, you know, obviously, you know, the coaches, uh, the management, they basically gave them, uh, you know, the, the doctor's assessment or what have you. So again, um, a lot of people thought I was lying that I had to get, uh, uh, I had to sign a waiver uh, to play in the Super Bowl, but I, I, I did. They thought you was like Donald Trump in a one-day uh, coronavirus. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> hey, so so yeah. let me ask both of y'all this, right? So it's 2020, right? We see it a lot in the NBA, especially with, uh, you know, LeBron always trying to take one or two superstars with him. If it was 06, 07, 08, and you guys became a free agent, could you had gone and play with each other if it was that time? Could you have played on the team with T.O. or could you have played on the team with Moss? Oh yeah, I think you know I did it. I, I think when I went to when I went to Cincinnati, that was kind of a similar situation when they had Chad. Chad ain't moss though, dog. No, no, I, I get it. We love Chad. Chad's our boy, but Chad ain't moss. No, no, I'm talking about you talk about type of uh, caliber of receiver, and then just him being uh, again just like a just a personality type of guy. Right. Uh, him, you know, doing the celebrations. You know, him being the guy for so many years, they thought it was going to be combustible, that we were going to come over there. I was going to come over there, and, you know, and just ruin the chemistry uh, of what they had going on or what have you. Even the media had already started circulating that it wasn't going to work. They thought we didn't like each other. Um, but, yeah, bro, it, it wouldn't have been no different than me playing the same with me playing with Jerry Rice. Um, I just, like I said, I just mm -hmm. knew that whatever I did, it was all about the quarterback. The quarterback was going to basically assess the play, put the ball, assess the matchups, and if he saw a matchup that he liked or whatever, he's going to take advantage of it. 
So that was just that was just the nature of it. If I could have had an opportunity yeah, to play play with uh, Randy again, that would have been immediate. They would have been like immediate Super Bowl win immediately. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, when I when I when I look at the offenses, you know, I think it when you have a player like me and T.O. going on the same team, I think you would have to have the right coach in the right situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is T.O. wants the ball in crucial situations, and so do I. And I think that for you to be able to put us in a system that can re- really show both of our talents and utilize us both, and, you know, the two offenses that comes to mind is the one I was in in New England mm. and the one you were in in Philly. Mm, and, yeah. and I really think you got two great head coaches that the team follows. And that's why I think that you couldn't just put me and T.O. on a team with just a good quarterback. Right. You, can't, you know what I'm saying? The, 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 the situation – of a head coach being able to make us both feel comfortable in the system. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't have, you know, eight catches a game for the first four weeks and he only has two or three or vice versa. Right. We have right. to both be able to fit within the system, make plays and and, and and both feel there. And I think that, like I said, the two systems that, that I just named, the one that I played in in New England and the one he played in the Philly, that I think we could have definitely done, done some damage in. But. So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you come back for our second part series of the Randy Moss episode. So if you didn't check out episode one, make sure you check out episode one on Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcast. In the second episode, you'll be able to listen to the head-to-head matchup between T.O. and Moss and who they actually think who is the better receiver. And, yes, we do come up with the answer. It's me, Hatchy Hat. It's me, actually. It's me. <laughs> everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.